We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to Bring the Juice. Your Colts needs all here. Cody Fogger here. Stephen Burton again joining me. Stephen, crazy man. Week one of training camp is finally coming on. It's crazy. It's already happening. Going in now to week number two. There's been a lot of craziness, it seems, around the Colts here in only one week, man. Yeah, it's 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 up and down. Uh, happy football's back. You know, me and Zach have talked about it, trying to put a damper. But yeah, there's been so much. I mean, you start off with with Frank, you know, going into COVID protocol, not being there this week, and then obviously you, you kind of book in and you end the week with Carson getting hurt and no one really knowing much of anything with that, and the media just kind of running rampant. Uh, mm-hmm. Our boy uh, Lawrence <laughs> settling them down today, which yeah. I loved. Uh, so I mean, I- I'm still excited. There's still a lot of young talent. I. I've been excited to see how Eason plays because it's just such an unknown. But I mean, I'm still excited. You know, football's back. You know, you're we're still six weeks from the start of the season, you guys. So, yeah. I mean, you're, it's not going to put a damper too much on it. Yeah, and then everybody's just every everywhere with the Carson Wentz injury. I mean, you have people who are saying he's going to be back next week to people who are saying he's going to miss the entire season. So, like Lawrence said, nobody really knows right now. I don't even know if. Carson fully knows right now. I mean, he's going to test it out, right? He's going to see. Man, I wanted to talk about some guys from this week, though, transitioning here. Talking about some guys who had different stocks up and different stocks down. So, guys, off of one week, and again, to clarify, this is only off of one week. This can very much change because, like you mentioned, Stephen, there's still about six weeks till the season kicks off. So, a lot can change, obviously, between that time. But this is just some guys that we noticed from week number one whose stocks are up right now and a few guys whose stocks are down right now. So let's start with the positives, okay? Let's talk about a few guys whose stocks are really up. I would say Marlon Mack for sure because, I mean, we can throw Jonathan Taylor in there. We already know what Jonathan Taylor is at this point. 
With Marlon Mack, there was some questions, Stephen, especially off that Achilles injury. Some people were very firmly against re-signing Marlon Mack because they said, man, running backs after Achilles are just not the same, right? And it's been great, man. I was out to camp the other day, and Marlon Mack looks absolutely phenomenal. And, and you just miss the little things that Marlon Mack does when you missed it last year. And, and he's just going to provide such a unique skill set to this running back room. So I think right now stocks up on him. He looks fully 100% and ready to go, man. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, uh, I, I, it's interesting to see, you know, there, there was a lot of worry because it's an Achilles, you know, and that tends to be almost a running back killer. Uh, he's looked good. And yeah, I mean, you, you do miss it because he runs differently from Taylor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a very patient runner. He, he, he's got that little, you know, he's got that quick jump cut and then he's gone. I mean, he knows the reads. Uh, I've said all along, I think he's going to more supplement the role of Jordan Wilkins because I think Jordan Wilkins is going to be gone by the end of training camp. I mean, I, I'm happy to see it because if for some reason Taylor starts out slow, Mac looks like he's going to be in a good groove. We're not going to overwork him because we have Taylor, but you know, you have in your back pocket a thousand yard rusher from two years ago and he looks to be fresh. He looks good. Yeah. He does. And the good thing with both these guys now being, you know, fully healthy and hopefully, you know, full goes for the season with now adding another game, it's just going to help durability down the line, right? Going down when you're in week 16, 17, you're not as bad at running back because now you have two guys who have been over a thousand yards and two guys who have been very productive with this team. And you feel very confident with your running back room, which is great. And so, um, another guy staying with the offense who struggled with injuries, had that injury last year, week two against the Vikings, Paris Campbell. He has been so screwed over with injuries the first couple of years, Stephen. The last year to no fault of his own. It was just a clean, hard hit, and he goes out, and he's out for the year. You know, hard, 99% of guys aren't going to get up from that. So I don't fault Paris Campbell for that. It was just kind of a freak thing for him. But he's looked really, really good. He looks really good. He's got the speed, obviously, we know. And he continues to improve in his route running, and I'm excited. seems like every year Paris Campbell's tearing it up in camp. He's doing it again this year. And if he can stay healthy, man, I've said this before, if Paris Campbell can stay healthy, he's going to be a problem for defenses. Like, he is honestly the Colts' secret weapon. He's so fast, and he's not small either. Like, you think of a fast guy like DeMichael Harris. He's like, what, 5'9", 5'10". Paris Campbell's a good 6'2", 10". Like, He's a bigger guy, too, for as fast as he is. And it's great to see Paris Campbell fully healthy. Now, hopefully the number change can kind of give him a fresh start this season. And hopefully he can stay relatively healthy throughout the season. He can be a massive part of what the Colts offense wants to do this year. Yeah, I'm I'm so much lockstep in agreement. Like, anyone who listens to our show knows like I love Paris Campbell. I've picked him for a thousand yards and eight touchdowns this year. Like he's my he's my if it's not Carson, you know, that gets comeback of the player comeback player of the year, he's my pick for the Colts. I think he's gonna be just electric. The number one looks great. He you gotta be fast to wear that number. And man, I mean he looks good in it. Mm-hmm. I mean he looks he looks fast, he looks quick, he I mean, everything that you want to see. And I'm with you too. I mean I've never held it against him. Last year was a fluke. And really, if you want to go back to his rookie season, I mean, he broke a hand and he broke a foot. And the foot's what put him out for the year. I can't remember. Okay, so I say this as we're dealing with a foot injury to our starting quarterback. But how many like how many players do you see break a foot? And that's what puts them down. Very fluky injuries to my in my opinion. If he gets hurt again this year, 
it's a it's at that point it's a different kind of conversation than it is is he injury prone but i mean i think he looks so good and he is fast um my my big thing has been just no more wide receiver reverses uh, <laughs> just just get him the ball like you know give him a little dump like a wide receiver you know dump out you know something like that but let's just be a little careful we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With him going around the edges because I think he's one of those guys too that Carson's gonna be able to check down to him or just pitch the ball up and just throw it deep. And he's he, you're not gonna overthrow him, you mm-hmm. know. So I I couldn't he's probably the player I'm most excited about on the offensive side of the ball this year. He is definitely an electric player when healthy. It's just the problem is we haven't seen him fully, and it's been a major bummer. But I yeah. think this year, yeah, he's definitely prime for a big year. Obviously, if Carson Wentz does come back and is there for most of the season, I think it's going to be a really nice connection there. Let's continue with the wide receivers. Let's talk about second-year pro Michael Pittman. He has been absolutely on fire this camp. He had a couple touchdowns yesterday or a couple days ago whenever this podcast goes out. He is really looking like he's turning the corner for a wide receiver. He was pretty good his rookie season, but I feel like there were some underwhelming things with Michael Pittman. And I don't know if it was his fault or if it was just the scheme's fault or the quarterback's fault, but I just felt like he was grossly underused in the red zone. He was grossly underused. He only had one touchdown in his rookie season. And I felt like he's a guy that has double-digit touchdown potential with his size and his speed to complement him. And he's looked really, really good in camp so far. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, w- me and Zach talk about it too is that – the biggest part of his game that I think we looked at him coming out of the draft was his jump ball potential, his red zone potential. And we really didn't see that. I don't know if that's a, if it was a game plan thing, a Sirianni thing, or if it was a rivers thing, but we just didn't see that. So I'm really excited to hopefully see that this year. Uh, I mean, you, you pointed out his one touchdown was a catch and run. I mean, it was a beautiful play, but it wasn't what we thought we were going to be getting. I think he looks and, you know, when you see him now too, he, He's got more of an NFL body to him. Uh, he's He seems like he's ready to kind of take on this wear and tear of the season. And let's be honest, too, like we were joking off air, he's got a little bit of an edge to him. Obviously, he won round one of the first fight of training camp. He put someone down, and it was from what the reports I read, it wasn't even close. But, I mean, he, in an ideal world, he is he is your number one by the end of the season. He moves mm-hmm. into the wide receiver number one role. T.Y. moves to two, and then when if, if and when T.Y. leaves, 
ideally, obviously, Paris Campbell moves into that two role is what you want. But focusing on Pittman, ideally, you want to see him take that next step and kind of step into that role of a number one receiver. And as of right now, he looks he looks primed, man. He does. Mm-hmm. He really does. I, I'm so excited to see his sophomore campaign and how he really breaks out. You know, some people have sophomore slumps. I don't feel like it's going to be like that for Michael Pittman. I feel like he's going to take a leap in year number mm-hmm. two. I'm really excited to see him and the ways that the Colts can use him this year. Hopefully, like you mentioned, they use him a little bit more in those 50-50 jump ball situations because he was very good at USC in those situations. I mean, yeah. he mossed some dudes at USC. So hopefully the Colts use him there and in different ways this year to get the ball in his hands and just let him do some work like we saw last year, especially in that Buffalo game. He was absolutely phenomenal in that playoff yeah. game. So hopefully the Colts continue to you know feed him the ball, get him more, more touches, get him more looks. I'm excited to see how they do that. All right. Staying on the offense, let's talk about the tight ends because I feel like all the tight ends are worthy of talking about stocks being up. I mean, Jack Doyle's been absolutely awesome in camp. I mean, everybody likes to say all the things that Jack Doyle can't do, but what he can do is invaluable. I feel like he's so good. He's such a well-rounded player. He's such a well-respected guy in the locker room. He just does a little bit of everything for you. Mo Ali Cox, obviously the physical freak of the group. You know, he's very much should be used, in my opinion, more in the red zone this year. He's been really good in camp beyond that first kind of day where the offense was just struggling in general, right, to try to figure each other out. But beyond that, these tight ends have looked good. And then obviously Kylan Granson has looked really, really good as a rookie. I mean, my goodness, this guy had his first touchdown on Thursday or on Saturday, I'm sorry. And he has just offers so much of a unique skill set to this tight end room, man. I mean, it's so great to see Kylan Granson and just him really hitting the ground running in this Colts offense, mm-hmm. regardless of who the quarterback is. I'm with you. I think of the of the bunch, I'm most excited about Granson. Uh, mainly, I mean, he's just he's a weapon, you know. For for Carson, if Carson comes back healthy, he's that Zach Ertz type player with with my opinion probably more mobility, a little bit more twitch to him. Uh, I think the the knock on him with his drops and things like that was kind of overblown. It was one game in college that he had that was really, really bad. But outside of that, he was really productive. Plus, man, he is. I mean, I know you guys have had him on here. I know I've had a chance of media availability. Dude, he's such a cool guy too, man. Mm-hmm. Like He's so nice, so energetic, and so happy to be in the NFL. I want him to do well. Uh, I love Big Mo. I, I also love him. Uh, I think it's easy for people who bash on him and say kind of what you said with Doyle, say what he can't do. It's very easy to forget that, what was it, four years ago he wasn't even playing football. He hadn't played a down until he got to the NFL. He had to completely learn how to get into sets, how to get you know put his hand in the dirt, how to block, how to run routes. And he's finally kind of doing that. Plus, I'm with you too. Get him the ball. I don't know anybody who's going to want to try to tackle that behemoth of a man. And mm-hmm. then there's, and then, like you said, there's Doyle. Doyle is just very reliable. I know a lot of people will say, like, I, I put it out there, I thought he could be a, a cut at the end of camp, more numbers-wise, according to the tight ends. But, I, man, he's he's so reliable. He He's not going to stretch the field, but he's going to catch almost everything you throw in his vicinity. So they've looked really good. The offense in general has looked really good uh, this first week in training camp. I would say more so these guys because, I mean, we'll get to it in a minute, but, you know, there's been some struggles other places. I feel like the defense has really won the camp so far in week number one, in my opinion, but we're not talking about units. We're talking about players here. All right, let's continue on. Speaking of the defense, let's talk about 
these young defensive ends. Kamoko Ture, Ben Banigou, and Quiddy Pay all have looked really, really good in week one of camp. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I can only agree. Uh, <laughs> Kamoko has looked really good. I think he's looked like he's getting that step back, like he might actually finally have it back. Maybe he's finally fully healthy. You know, we've talked about before that he wasn't, you know, he was not healthy last season at all. Even when he came back, he wasn't ready. The ankle injury was apparently way worse than I think any of us thought, even as bad as it looked. But he seems to have it. I mean, of the of them, Quiddy's looked amazing. I'm so excited to see him play, actually get into the action. He's looked every bit of what you would hope he would be. But, I, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that – the one that surprises me the most that's on this list is Ben Banigou has looked amazing. He looked, he's literally looked like he has taken everything from last season that he did poorly and he's let it motivate him in a different way, which I was unsure of, you know, obviously my co-host Zach has gone on record numerous times that he does not think he's a cult after training camp. He thinks he's a cut, um, but he has looked great. I mean, he is the biggest surprise to me. Mm-hmm. I'm happy about the other two. I'm excited about Quiddy, but the way Banigou has looked, it's nothing but kind of just astounding me. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there's a lot of weeks to go. So these are just really early. But initial reactions, this is a super positive step for these defensive ends because we've had questions about the edge rusher, right? We, we've asked, mm-hmm. okay, do you bring back Justin Houston? Because you just don't know if there's going to be a guy that that comes out right away and is just absolutely a stud. And Obviously, we still don't know that, but mm-hmm. it's certainly a very positive and encouraging thing to hear that some of these guys are, are looking pretty good here early on in camp. And you mentioned Banigou. You know, for all the we, – we've talked – I feel like he's been on every list of guys that need to step it up or every negative thing. Let's talk a little bit positive about Banigou, man, because I feel like his name has been kind of drugged through the mud a little bit by different people. Now, hopefully, he doesn't think we have because I don't think we have. I think we've been just pretty objective about it, but – you know, I feel like I just want to take some time to give him some credit where credit is due, man. He, you know, came in last year, obviously was an ideal situation for him, and he wants to forget about it. And everybody criticized him for that press conference that he had, man. And everyone was like, man, I don't like that, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then he's come in and he's just looked great. And so, you know what? Like, he doesn't have to say all the things that Taekwon Lewis said last year, you know? He doesn't have to do the same exact thing. He just has to produce, and it speaks on the field more than it does in a press conference. And so I was kind of like, I was fine with what he said personally, yeah. because I was like, if he comes out and produces, who cares, man? And he's certainly done that so far. So Ben Banigou, I don't know if you listen to this podcast. We had you on a couple seasons ago. <laughs> if you ever thought we didn't like you, that is not true at all, because we <laughs> we were rooting for you, man. We really were. We just weren't sure where you were at. And so Giving props where it's due, and we're really excited for you, man. Hopefully, you continue to kill it because uh, it's super exciting. I was, I was just gonna. So the opinions of Zach and from No Horsing Around podcast are not reflective of Bring the Juice. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, and we all have our opinions are all our own, you know. And so, what well, I'm with you though. I, I very much yeah. would love to see him. I want to see him. I don't want a wasted pick. You know, right. I want to see him kind of take that step, take that leap. And I think it's a very small thing that doesn't get talked about a lot. I know he spent – there was reported he spent a lot of the offseason working with DeForest Buckner out in Vegas, out at UNLV. He spent a lot of time out there with DeForest Buckner. So I think, who knows, man? I mean, i got to keep it going, but I'm okay with it so far. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And the margin for error for the, these guys, especially Banigou, is very small. So he has to come out and he has to continue to kill it, just like Taekwon Lewis did last year. You know, I feel like this yeah. was similar conversations that we were having last year about Taekwon Lewis. We said straight up, like, if Taekwon doesn't have a good camp, he might be cut. Yeah. And he did. Didn't see the field a whole lot because of, you know, practice. It was kind of crazy how eerily similar it sounded from the coaches from Taekwon Lewis to, to Ben Banigou a year later. And so yeah. I'm I'm so excited for him, man, because I feel like he's motivated, he's ready to go, he's got a good head, and he's ready to roll. And I'm excited for that, especially because, like you mentioned, you know, he's the second round pick that we have the most questions about right now from 2019. There are some questions, obviously, about Rock and about Paris, but I feel like Banigou, he's seen the field the least amount. And so we yeah. just didn't know a whole lot about him. And so the fact that he's continuing to work and get better, uh, there's, there's nothing else you could ask for, man. I'm really excited for him. All right, we've talked about these defensive ends to death now. Let's move on. Talk about another guy from that 2019 draft, Bobby Okariki. I mean, he has been, for me, the highlight of camp, Stephen. He has been everywhere. Darius Leonard obviously hasn't been in camp yet. He had that surgery in June. So Bobby Okariki was really the only veteran guy that's seen some time that's out there right now. And he has been filling that Mike linebacker role so well. He's been around the ball. He's been making plays. And Steven, honestly, if there was a knock on Okariki, it was probably that you felt like you wanted to see a few more splash plays from him, right? We all know what Darius Leonard does and how he forces turnovers. You're like, I would like to see just a little bit more from Okariki in that department. And so far, he's been all around the ball. He's made interceptions. He's forced fumbles. He's done just about everything for this Colts defense. And so that's super exciting to see him now potentially take a leap here near number three. Cause I feel like he has a lot of talent. Obviously Pat McAfee feels like he has a lot of talent to basically call him a future hall of famer. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bobby Okariki? We'll throw EJ speed in there as well. Cause I feel like he's had a really good camp so far too. Well, I think that they've, they've had a chance to really shine because like you said, Leonard's not playing yet. You know, Leonard's not on the field. So he's getting, he's kind of getting the spotlight on him. Uh, he's looked great, you know, and, and they've pumped him up. You know, they, they've, they've talked about him quite a bit. Ursay talked about him, Wright talked about him. He has a different, there's a reason why you let Anthony Walker walk. You know, there's a reason why he left in the off season because Okariki was going to get the lion's share of the snaps. He looked great last year. He's looked great so far. I think the joke when you talk about the splash, splash plays is, that he is Jacob Eason's favorite target uh, <laughs> at this point in camp because he's just everywhere, you know, and, and I, I've talked to people who don't know who he is. And it's one of these conversations for me that is similar to when Darius Leonard broke in his rookie year, which was this guy's going to be really good. You just got to watch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as the season progresses, I think his name is going to become much more well-known. I'm not going to go Pat back a few far and say future hall of famer, <laughs> but I mean, he, he's, he's got, he's a pro bowler. He's, he's very much in, in the talk for being a pro bowler if he plays the way that he's expected to play because the way that the system works for the Colts and the defense works, he's going to get tackles. He's going to be in – they're going to put him in position to make those splash plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made him, He made a couple last year. I mean, it's hard to forget the one where he had the club on his hand and still made the interception. You know, we just want to see more of that, and he's looked great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned he's been pretty good so far with the Colts, but – I think I I know myself and Derek were really expecting a bigger leap from him last year. Not that he didn't take a leap. I'm sure he did. But the amount of a leap, like a Corey Willis type of leap, is what we were kind Mm -hmm. of expecting for Okariki. 
I don't think he quite got there. And so I feel like this potentially could be his year where he takes the next step and really cements himself, as you mentioned, maybe a Pro Bowl conversation type of linebacker. And if he can, man, the sky's the limit for Okariki. I really believe that. Yeah. All right. Um, and it never hurts being next to Darius Leonard. <laughs> no, it does not. No, it does not. It's kind of the, the Leonard effect, and then you got the Nelson effect on the offensive yeah, line. It never Both hurts. <laughs> yes. No, it does not. Not at all. All right, let's move on to the stock down. Now, the stock down, there's a, there's a few less guys. There's only a couple guys of note. You could probably throw all the guys, honestly, that are either out injured or also out due to COVID concerns and stuff like that. You could probably put them all on the list, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to talk about a few different guys here. The first one has to be Carson Wentz. I mean, that injury just sucks, man. It, to no fault of his own, right? It's just, it's just right. a sucky injury and in that the fact that he's probably not going to see any preseason action, which is a real bummer because you really felt like he, he could have really benefited from that with just continuing to build on that time and chemistry with his wide receivers and his tight ends. So that obviously sucks. And then I think Jacob Easton right now, even though I believe his stock's not going to be down for long, first week was kind of rough for Jacob Easton. Yeah, I mean, starting with Carson, I mean, we, I know you, you, we've all kind of had our moments as Colts fans and especially as Colts content creators of putting stuff out there in the last couple of days, kind of our opinion on how it's been a wildfire and no one really knows anything. And it does stink. It, it, it does suck that we're not, I mean, I'm okay if he's out for the preseason. If he's back for week one, but it does suck that we're not going to get, he's not going to get those reps and we're not going to see him kind of in any kind of preseason action uh but it, like you said too it's not his fault it it's it's so weird and wompy i i, I want to know more i'm excited to probably find out more but yeah i mean you got to put stock down because he's not getting the reps with his teammates thank god he the only the only saving grace for me one is that he's he's probably not out for the year he's probably only out for the preseason but two he took initiative in the offseason and he really did a lot of throwing with a lot of this, but pretty much all the skilled players. I mean, down to Michael Strawn, all the way to Ty. I mean, he did multiple throwing sessions all over the summer break. So that that's a one saving grace with Eason. I, I'm I'm a little different. Um, I do have a stock down, but I'm with you. I don't think it stays down for long. I think it's really easy to forget. Dude threw the ball. I think Kevin Bowen said like 32 times in camp last year, hmm. and then he was inactive basically all season. So suddenly one day, you know, you're, hey, you're the starter now. You're going to get all the starter reps. He's not used to that. Um, I think the concerning factor the, is what you hear is what I hear is you're seeing a lot of the things around his scouting report coming out of college that he's still doing. Uh, but, I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's still <laughs> – Carson, from everything I've read and everything I've seen, you know, is that Carson is still the guy. It's not like, you know, there's this battle going on between them or they want to see what – I mean – I want to see what Eason does. I have a question for you to kind of go off topic, but the same is kind of what stinks more, not seeing Carson in the preseason this year or having COVID wipe it out and not being able to see Eason last year? I mean, obviously, that's tough. Yeah. That's a really yeah. good question. It's a good one, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's easy. Wait, maybe not. Um, I mean, I think it just, I think I got to go with Wentz, though. I, I do. Mm. It just sucks because, like, you just you just want him to, to be able to have that chemistry. So I, I feel like that. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Obviously sucks because with Eason, he's more the backup, right? He wasn't going to see any game action last year. With Wentz, it's like he's going to be your starter. So you want him to get more time and more chemistry built with these wide receivers and with these skilled players. So I'd probably go Wentz if I'm going anything. But uh, one thing I thought you brought up a really good point, Stephen, about just Jacob Eason. I mean, essentially, he's still kind of a rookie, right? He hasn't seen any game action at all. He's got 32 snaps before training camp under his belt or something like that. That's crazy, man. And to come in and expect him to just light it up, especially when he's not wasn't supposed to be going against the ones. I'm not shocked at all that he's struggling. I'm not. Because he's a he's still a very raw prospect. You just haven't seen him. He just needs to work the rust out. He just needs to grow. He needs to develop, as all quarterbacks do. And so I'm not as concerned as maybe some people are. I feel like people are just running with how bad Jacob Eason is and all this yeah. stuff. And I'm just like, guys, what did you expect? This is week one, essentially, of his rookie season. Like, give him some time to develop. Give him some time to learn things, right? And so I'm not really that concerned about Jacob Eason, even though I would say based off his performance, people will stock down right now. I I don't think it's going to be down for long. I think he's so talented. He's going to learn, and he's going to grow. And, you know, if it comes down to in six weeks, Carson Wentz is still going to miss a game or two. I feel like Jacob Eason is going to be a lot better than he was in week number one. So I'm not really that concerned personally. Yeah. And it sounds to me too, kind of reading the things is that that, that seems to be the way the Colts feel too, is that they're going to, they feel like that he can probably hold it down for, you know, for a couple of weeks that they're, they're going to see how he looks. If, if Carson's not going to be able to go, if Carson's not going to be able to start the season. I mean, I'm with you too. When it comes to him, he, he, not only was he not expected to be playing against the, playing with the ones, there's no way he was expecting to play against the ones, which odds, you know, if things, if, if we get the pass rush going, like we talked about earlier, if that's the thing you're talking about, he's going against the top five defense with just some really, really good players. And he's never, he's never even played. So, right. I mean, I, I give, I give him, I'm not going to say a pass, but I give him grace. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that's, I, I feel the same way. As you do with the with the two quarterbacks, yeah. I'll be more intrigued in a couple of weeks when Carolina comes to town how he plays against them. I'll probably yeah. be able to pass a little bit more of a concrete judgment on Jacob Eason, not week one of training camp. I mean, I left. Who knows, man? Who knows? Maybe Carson is back by then. Nobody knows anything. He could also have nope. no foot by then, according to the national <laughs> media. Of course, and of course, some crazy fans that, that are just coming up with crazy theories some pts ridden fans i'll just say that yeah that's that's that that's it i mean and like i joked earlier big shout out to lawrence man i even sent him a message i was like dude i loved your rant (laughs) it was so needed it was so needed because yeah it's just like when you think something and you're in your mind like 
the Colts are lying to me, that's just kind of silly in my opinion because everybody thinks the Colts lied about Andrew Luck. They didn't lie about Andrew Luck. Just stop with that stupid mm-hmm. narrative. They did not know. Andrew Luck didn't even really know. You know, yeah. it was just how are what were the Colts supposed to do? I guess, and that's they were all surprised. Everybody was yeah. surprised, including Chris Ballard. So just give them grace, there, guys. Like the doctors are paid to do this, and mm-hmm. like Lawrence said in his rant, not to steal from him, but they what did they do right when they found out? They took him to a specialist to figure out to get a second opinion. Right? They did exactly well, what the they did. Interesting thing. The most, and I know we don't want to go on a rant with this. The most interesting thing, and I, it's more like me doing like the the dive into the to the message from Schefter's. I don't know if it sounded like they necessarily even looked at it serious enough to take him. It sounded like they sent the scans to this doctor for him to review the scans. And then barring how he kind of contending, how he viewed the scans, then Carson might go. So I'm, I mean, Lawrence said it best in his, he's like, you know, he reviewed like what the reporter said and then what the Colts never said, which was they never brought up surgery. They never brought up a major injury. It's just kind of like wildfire. And it's, it's, it's simply because there's nothing else to talk about. (laughs) <laughs> you have to blow something up, right? Mm-hmm. There can never be a calm off season for Colts fans. That's just always. No, I mean, Schefter put the tweet out where he listed everything too. Yeah. But anyway, we're off on a tangent. Let's continue yes, sorry. looking at some guys who potentially had stock down this week. Let's look about the, talk about the left tackles for a second. I felt like Tevi and Will Holden, they weren't completely awful, but I felt like it wasn't the greatest week for them. I mean, and maybe this is more of a credit to Quiddy pay and these defensive ends. But they were absolutely whipping them all week. I mean, they mm-hmm. absolutely were whipping that left, whoever was in left tackle. Tevy and, and Holden were obviously going back and forth. Like, I think Holden was the first couple of days, then Tevy was the next couple of days. They were rotating in there. And honestly, both these guys struggled a little bit against these defensive ends. So I don't know, Stephen, how concerning that is for you about the left tackle position, about both these guys kind of having a rough week one. Where do you stand on both these guys for left tackle? So I'd probably go, you know, in the middle a little bit, you know, not, not too concerned because, but at the same time, there's still a level of concern because we don't really know what to expect from either one of these players, you know, into the regular season. So we were unsure of how they're going to look anyway, but I think there are a lot of factors. Like you said, you know, the DNs have looked great. Quiddy's looked great. Kamoko's looked great. Ben Banigou's looked great. And then on top of it too, you do have essentially, a rookie quarterback in there who's not used to the pressures, not used to what he needs to call, not used to what, you know, how to roll the protections, things like that. And also one who coming out of the draft was known to be kind of a bit of a statue, uh, more of a pocket passer than, than what Wentz was. So, I mean, I think there's some, there's some factors with that too. And obviously we do know that the O-line, when they kind of have to know who they are, protecting essentially because game the game plan is different each quarterback is different Carson's more mobile you know everyone saw the highlight of him rolling out and hitting Pascal for 45 yards Eason's not doing that Eason might take the sack um so there's all there's a level of concern Uh, I'm not going to say that it's super high uh it's kind of where it was before camp which is just there is concern because we won't have our true starting left tackle until in my opinion until like week four uh, Zach feels like it's going to be like week two, somewhere around there, week two or three. But yeah, there's always a level of concern when your quarterback's getting hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do at left tackle because it's still wide open, in my opinion, for who's going to take it. So hopefully one of these guys has a better week, too. But right now, I think both these guys' stock's kind of down. Nobody really separated themselves at left tackle in week number one. All right, let's continue to move on. Let's talk about the last stock down. And I'm sorry we have to do this, but Rocky Sin's on this list. And that's a real bummer, man. I feel like Rock – I. And obviously, this is still very early, like we say with all these. This could very much change next week. But I felt like Rock had kind of an up and down week in camp. It seemed like about every time, <laughs> Rock was the one getting beat at corner. And he got a lot more run because of all the guys out You know, with COVID, with Xavier Rose and TJ Carey both out. So him and guys like Marvell Tell got more of a run at corner. And I felt like it wasn't a great week for Rocky Sen. What were your thoughts overall for him in week number one? Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I hate saying it because, you know, the ongoing theme on, on our show, too, is that I, I'm a big Rock fan. Zach is not. Uh, I have made a bet with him that if Rock plays as the starter all season, uh, I'm going to buy him a Rock jersey because he won't want to wear it. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, he, he got beat. It, it's it's compounded, too, because tell, Marvell Tell, we didn't list him, but Marvell Tell looked good, too. You know, mm-hmm. So you've got him looking good. He did get a ton of snaps. I mean, you know, we left out. You know, Kenny Moore was out at least, I think, one or, one or two practices too yep. with kind of a little bit of linear injury. But not only did Rock get beat for plays, Brock got beat too on plays that like Eason overthrew Hilton, you know, by like 10 yards, mm-hmm. and it would have been a 50-yard gain. He's just – he's not looked great. Uh, and the interesting part for me, the worry comes in for me is that it's not uh, – what I expected for him to be doing poorly. I was, I'm always worried about his hands. I'm always worried about him being really handsy with the wide receivers. And I think he's trying not to be, and that's allowing them to just blow by him because he's getting beat, you know, at, at a clip that he hasn't gotten beat since he's been in the pros. Now, granted, some of that is because he grabs them. I mean, it's a worry for me uh, because I think, you know, like, like we said earlier, I don't want to waste a pick. He was a high pick. I think he has – I mean, I've heard Derek talk about it on here too. I think he has gobs of potential. Uh, I think he can be really talented, really good. But, yeah, it's not a good start. It's not a good and, – and it's Eason who's beating him over the top. That's not a good look. Mm, right, for sure. All right, well, I think that'll do it for our look at some guys stock up and stock down. Week one, still very early like I mentioned earlier, but that's kind of our thoughts overall. Let us know what you guys think. Is there anybody that you would include on the stock up or stock down list? Is there anybody that maybe we have on the list that you don't agree with? Let us know in the comments below. Thank you, Stephen, for coming on. And guys, go subscribe to No Hotion Around. I mean, my goodness, they they do such great content over there. Go subscribe to them as well. Let's get them to a couple. I think you're at like 150 or so right now. Uh, so, a little over 160 as of 160. today. So okay. we, we took a little bit of advice from you guys, and we've dropped a, some shorter videos and – it's uh, it's kind of for some. I think it's because we're getting close to the season. There's just kind of starting Colts nations coming out and, and wanting to listen, and obviously the stuff with Carson doesn't hurt. Everyone wants to hear what you have to say. Absolutely. So guys, go subscribe to the end. Let's get them to 200 subscribers here very soon. Thanks guys for tuning in. Really appreciate all your support. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.